All right. We are so lucky and excited to have the one and only Larie Florence with us for today's show. This amazing woman needs no introduction, but for anyone who's new here on the Happiness Playbook, Larie is the founder of Play Theory and the director and founder of Take Note Troop out in California and has been doing a lot of amazing things and changing lives and making magic for a while. And we are just so blessed and and lucky to have her. Larie, thanks for joining us on the show. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here and I'm already practicing some of the stuff we're going to be talking about today because it's hard to listen to all those compliments and not say, no, nah, it's not true. Nah, no, you can't really mean it. I'm so new. So thank you. This is going to be going out just before the Christmas holiday. Everyone in the Christian world anyway, and a lot of people who don't even practice Christianity are on board for the season of happiness. So it's yeah. a huge team happy right now. Yeah, that is right. And what a great time of the year to sit down and have a conversation about happiness and how we can apply play theory. And we've got a lot of um, fun things to talk about today. With Christmas, it can be it can be an emotional roller coaster, though. Like, let's be honest, Christmas is an amazing time. There is, you know, this aura of gift giving and love and gratitude. But we can apply some play theory to actually make the season even better. And so we're going to dive into that a little bit. Um, yeah, but what thoughts did you have around that, Larry? Well, I want to talk a little bit about it's such a roller coaster, like you said, but it's not all bells and whistles and charming. I think suicide rates are high over the holidays and there are a lot of people that it's one of the hardest times of the year. And even if you're not somebody who's destitute or is in a really dark place, there's so many expectations around this holiday that it can make, even if you have a what other people would consider to be a festive, appropriate celebration, if it doesn't meet your expectation, you can come away from it feeling let down even if you have a really positive celebration, you can come off of the season of gathering and feasting and celebrating with some depressed feelings because you've got that hefty credit card bill and now the party's over and you've gained your 20 pounds. And it's just a lot. There's a lot. And so I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to come on and have this conversation with you, Neil, is it's a time when we could really support people in their journey towards having consistent happy feelings. And even despite these big bumps in your schedule, like a holiday celebration that lasts literally weeks. Yes, absolutely. And I love what you're sharing there. And we want to really empower you to get the most out of the holidays and, and really make it as positive as possible. So we've got a few tools on how we can do that. Why don't you tee us off? You know, being present, there's this play on words where we can be present or we can receive presence. And I think it's such an important gift to give your presence and not just a present. Sometimes we can, you know, hand somebody their gift and then not actually be with them. And that is going to up your Christmas celebration tremendously. And, and I think yes. going back to your idea about receiving that ties into that principle of being present. And then also the let go and play because you don't know what's in a gift. You've got to let go of your expectations and you have got to accept, which is also the accept and build of play theory. And that's one of the reasons that I'm so committed to play theory is it's in 
every positive human interaction that we have, if you break it down and look for it. So we can go with all these strategies of, you know, some new trend in psychology or another vocabulary that we can use. But if we can really get in the habit of looking for these principles, they're going to show up in ways that help empower you to take actionable steps to improve your happiness just because you're remembering, oh, I could show up more. I could be more present in this moment. I'm not looking outward. I'm receiving this gift from somebody and it's I'm all up in my head. I'm just thinking about me and I'm not thinking about them. And this is a negative exchange because I'm not following these four playthrough principles. So I'm, I'm just so committed to looking for those in every opportunity. I And I love that so much. Thanks for going into that. And, and just a quick story around that concept. We, as I shared a few episodes ago, as a family, we went to Disneyland not too long ago and which um, there was lots of exchanging of gifts and treats and stuff. And it's so funny though, as Aubrey and I thought back to the trip and our favorite moments of that trip, it was where we were just having these very present moments together with our kids or with each other. And one of my favorite moments was just waiting in line to go on Gadget's Go Coaster with Evelyn, my three-year-old daughter. And it was the the biggest ride she could go on. And she's a little thrill junkie turns out, (laughs) but just seeing her excitement and going on that, that being present with her was so much more, uh, you know, enjoyable than anything else. If you're watching this on video, you'll see my Mandalorian helmet back there, which was a souvenir, but way better than that was just these little precious moments. So I love that you brought that up and absolutely giving presence, your physical presence and your attention is a way more valuable gift than any physical item you could give. So I love that. And I think people know if you're giving a gift that's out of obligation, which is really about, I'm looking to take care of my need and answer this request that's been made of me so I can feel better about myself. And people can sense that versus if you're giving a gift that truly you've looked outward and you're thinking about the other person. So, yes. uh, and I, I think the tricky part comes in is when somebody gives you that gift that they have looked outward, but they got it wrong. And that's when you yep. really, you have to be present to be aware of your thoughts and let go and play. And let go of your expectation, stay stay there with that person, and then accept what they've given you and build on it. And that's really looking outward. I, I remember when I was about nine or 10, maybe even a little older, I was I had graduated from baby dolls. I was playing with Barbies. And Barbies had like heels <laughs> and purses and jobs. And my grandmother, who lived in this little town of 300 people, who was kind of not shut in, but they really didn't have access to a store. She got me a baby doll. I remember opening it and just being like, oh, this is not at all what I wanted. And I didn't have the wherewithal to to really embrace my grandmother or say, thank you for thinking of me or how thoughtful that you spent some of your very limited money and took the time. And I'm sure she was disappointed in my reaction. And I could have instead been a gracious receiver, but I think you have to be in a position to look outward in order to do that. And that is such a great example. Thank you for sharing that story because you touched on this, but it's sometimes it's really hard to separate the intent from the execution in gift giving. And that's a really important thing and a very powerful tactic in, in flexing that look outward muscle is resisting the temptation to judge the execution of the gift giving or, or whatever exchange that might be, whatever act it might be, and really look at the intent. And I love that you shared that. 
you know, they made a sacrifice. They were thinking of you and, and they were doing their best to serve you and delight you. And if you can focus on that, I think it's a really powerful way to, to lean into that outward looking principle and, and to really tap into the gratitude. It's really fun. There's a little parody that Benedict Cumberbatch has done on, I think you can find it on YouTube. We might put the link in there, but it's, it's not for everybody to do bleep out some swear words, but he has this, it's like the tip for acting on how to accept presence that you really don't want. And it's, it's, I think it's delightful because some of it's entertaining, it's funny and uh, it's over the top, but it's also there's a smattering of truth in it too. And that he talks about, he looks for what he can accept in the gift and build on versus looking for the problem or the negative or, or passing judgment about what the giver should have done. And that's just a, it's a fun little way to kind of flex your muscles on how can you really apply play theory? Can you do it to that level? My favorite one is the microwave dinner recipes for one cookbook. (laughs) And he does a great job validating. He says, Oh, a microwave. Yeah. It's, it's a lot easier. I'm busy. I don't have time to cook. Thank you. You know, and that's a really powerful thing to do as well is, is find ways to, to really validate and show that gratitude. And and that's a fun video. I think that would be fun to put in the show notes for sure. If you think about a gift, you're taking something that you consider a value And you're trying to give that to another person that you hope will value it. So it's this interchange of validation. And the the physical gift is merely a symbol of what that act is. And there's this really great quote by Antoine de Saint-Hicpuri. I think I said that right. It's a French guy who wrote The Little Prince. And this was one of Fred Rogers' favorite quotes. He had this on his wall. He said, it is only with the heart that one can see rightly what is essential is invisible to the eye. And and I think what's essential when you're exchanging a gift is the idea that the person who's giving it is trying to give validation. They're trying to tell you, I value you so much that I want to give this to you. So if you can, even if it's the baby doll or the microwave meals for one or you know, deflated balloon. I don't know. Something that you can't possibly find. You can't take it back to the store and get value from. Can you find value in the idea that this person values you enough to go through that effort? And then if you can really drill down on that and be present with that, you're going to have a much deeper, more fulfilling experience when you're exchanging gifts or receiving gifts. Yes. And the collective benefit or impact of gracious receiving is so monumental. And you think about when someone gives a gift, there's a lot of vulnerability there, whether it's a physical gift or even just your time or or reaching out to somebody. Anytime there's an extension of a gift of some kind, there's that vulnerability in place. And if your reaction is hurtful in that exchange. It can really make the heart walls go up, the defenses come up, and that can that can cause some problems. And so this idea of gracious receiving and doing that well and looking outward, looking past execution, especially in these cases, for me, it would be tube socks. Sorry mm-hmm. if anyone uh, loves tube socks. I'm not a fan. I remember receiving 
tube socks for Christmas one year. And that was a hard gift. <laughs> that sounds silly, but I'm sure there's people that would be very grateful to have tube socks. But yeah, I think it's this idea of making that exchange and almost giving in the receiving there's kind of this beautiful thing that happens when you're a gracious receiver that that kind of creates this this great connection you know as you're giving gratitude back to the person and validating that intention it can be a really beautiful experience yeah absolutely it's cool because you're you're using the word exchange and usually christmas there's an expectation that well except for santa santa never asks for us to give anything back but there's this idea, oh, I'm going to get a gift from my sister, so I expect she's going to exchange and give me a gift. But what if the exchange is really, I'm going to give this person a gift, and I'm hoping to receive some kind of validation that my efforts and my thoughtfulness were well-received or understood, and that this person now knows that I value them. And if you think about it, that's something that I think every person has got enough in their bank account to give. You don't even have to wrap that. But it takes (laughs) play theory principles. You've got to be present and aware. You've got to look outward at that other person. You've got to accept like the, the, the microwave thing, whatever you can and find a way to build on that. And then to let go of your hopes for what it was. Okay. You wanted some of those really cool socks that have funny phrases on them when you got tube socks, but you got socks, you got to let go of your expectation that it wasn't the socks you wanted and make make puppets out of your tube socks. I don't know. That's awesome. Okay. I got a quote here that I think ties in beautifully to what you just shared. So this is by John Amodeo, who's a PhD, and he wrote a book called Dancing with Fire, A Mindful Way to Loving Relationships. And he shared this quote, which I think is really good. The parched earth can't let in a life-giving rain if it is covered by plastic tarp. Without the capacity to be touched by caring and appreciation, we render these gifts less meaningful. Sacred receiving, letting things in with heartfelt gratitude, is a gift to the giver. When we are visibly moved, it conveys that they've made a difference in our lives. And I I just love that quote. And it, it just, I think, kind of ties a bow onto what you were saying as well, that it's almost a way to give a gift to the giver. And again, just kind of creates this beautiful little connection, connecting experience. There's this powerful activity that we do when we have the privilege of doing live play three workshops. There's an activity, it's called gift giving. And I think I've spoken of this in some previous podcasts, but you're giving pretend gifts to somebody that it's absolutely obligatory because you're just sitting in the circle. It's whoever you're sitting next to. But one of the the principles that has to be followed are the rules. You have to make physical contact with that person when you're offering your gift. And the other person then has to make physical contact in reply. So maybe I put my hand on the person next to me, their shoulder, and then they have to put their hand on my hand or on my arm. And I've done this. I've played this hundreds of times. And when I first started doing this, I noticed sometimes it went better than others. And I was present enough to see the difference was when I demanded that physical contact. And there's Mm -hmm. something about that, that quote talks about that tarp covering the earth. What a great image, but it melts us. It, It melts our barriers when we have that physical connection and we can tell that's a human. They're right there next to us. And every time we insist in that activity that people make the physical contact it is a game changer for people's outlooks. We have seen relationships change, hearts change, and perspectives and, and paradigms shift in really powerful ways. But it's about 
recognizing the intent behind our actions. And, and really that's all a gift is. It's an action with an intention. Yeah. And that requires all of the play theory principles, right? And I love how you mentioned being present. You know, you have to, in order for connection to happen, you have to be present. You have to be letting go of your fears of, of failure. It, it's on that note on, on letting go on psychologytoday.com. They actually had a, an article called five reasons receiving is harder than giving. And they listed some of the reasons and it's kind of interesting. These are some of the things that are helpful to let go of in order for a more gracious exchange to happen. One of them was defense against intimacy or connection, letting go of control. You don't feel as in control when you're on the receiving end. So that's something to let go of fear of having strings attached, you know, wondering if, oh, great. Now there's an expectation. I return something believing it's selfish to receive. I know that's something a lot of us battle with. Yeah. And to go along with that, just kind of the self-imposed pressure to reciprocate, right? These are all things that, that prevent us from opening up and graciously receiving. And there's a lot of let go and play there that needs yeah. to happen in order for a gracious exchange to take place. No. One of my favorite movies is Harold and Maude. And, and I can't recommend it because it's just plain straight up <laughs> weird. But it was so formative for me. I watched that at the right moment in my development. And these characters, they're juxtapositioned. One is obsessed with death and the other one is obsessed with living. One is young. The other one is aging out. But she's still, Maude is still very much alive. And at one point, Harold has made her this little token those little pennies that you can get flattened in those machines as a memento. What what do people do with those anyway, honestly, right? But <laughs> I don't know. They're sitting by this body of water and she receives it just as you have talked about, just graciously. He felt validated. There was this beautiful moment and she presses that to her heart and then she flings it out into the water. And Harold's reaction is, oh, what did you do? Why did you do that? And I can't remember her response exactly, but she's, she basically says, well, now I'll always know where it is and I'll always have it in my heart. And it was this, like I said, it's a weird movie, but that lesson, that's really what we're hoping to give. We're hoping to touch hearts. It's not about the thing. And sometimes when we receive things, we do feel that weight of, oh, now I've got to put up this decoration that my sister-in-law crocheted and it doesn't match my my Christmas decor, but I got to take care of it. I got to display it. There's all those strings attached, but I think we can let go of those and really value the intention. And then it'll be a lot easier for us to make those decisions later on. What, what do we want to do with the tube socks? But in the moment right. of receiving the gift, just be there, see the person, see the intention, look outward, you know, accept that and this relationship is growing because of that exchange. And then you can deal with the physical stuff later. If you throw it out in the lake, great. Who cares? <laughs> the intention and the gift is what you really want to focus on in that moment of receiving the gift or giving the gift. What a beautiful way to wrap it up here. And oh, those there. <laughs> <laughs> that goes right into our play of the week, actually. During this Christmas time of giving and receiving, we challenge you to be a gracious receiver, to really lean into the validation and the gratitude and try to give back to the giver that gratitude and that gift of, of gratitude and validation. So that is our play for the next two weeks, actually. Yeah, uh, We're going to take a holiday, yeah. right? 
That's right. Yes, we're going to take a little break. So you can, if you're really feeling deprived of your happiness playbook, you can go back and listen to some previous episodes. We have quite the catalog now. We've been doing this over a year, so you can go back and listen to some others, but we're going to take a little break and then we will come back with some very exciting episodes for the new year and um, we'll get back into it. And can I make a recommendation? Last year we did one on how play theory can be found in the Christmas classic movies. So that yes. would be a great one to revisit if you're really missing out on your weekly dose of the happiness coach. So if you're needing, you just can't make it through the week, try that one out. That one will get you through until the new year. And in fact, we will put a link to that episode in the show notes here and make it even easier for you. So you can go back and listen because that was a fun one. Because you're so um, good at looking three... out, Neil. I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate you. It's always so fun to have you on and you're just such a giver and such a great example of gracious receiving. So thank you for coming on and sharing and everyone who's listening. Thank you for tuning in and we hope that you have a magical holiday season. Yeah. Merry Christmas, everyone. Before we sign off, we inserted this thing. There's a mummer's play that happens in England regularly where basically it's just this hyped up excuse to beg for money while you're drunk. And we put it in our Dickens play and it was a hit. Wait, explain this to me. What is it? It's a... It's a... It's a, it's a play. old tradition where people would go out mumming and they would concoct this really weak storyline about King George or King Arthur or St. George and a dragon and needing to pay a doctor to help this knight recover. And so they would need to, to give them money in order to not hold the fight between the dragon and St. George in your living room or to pay the doctor for his services. But we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun with this age-old tradition that would have been around during Charles Dickens' day because we did a show about Charles Dickens for Christmas. So That's amazing. I'm going to keep that one up my sleeve when I need it. You and all of our audience are in the very limited few outside of England that know about mumming. That's right, mumming. That's my gift to you this Christmas season. (laughs) That's a beautiful gift. (laughs) Oh, Lorraine, you're awesome. That's right. Yes, it's our little secret. That's right. Oh, my goodness. Well, have an amazing holiday, everybody, and we will catch you in the new year.